Talk 94.5. And joining us live on the air is David Ng. Good morning. Good morning, Liz. Good morning, Nick. How are you? Morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, David, I've been following you on Breitbart.com, and uh, you have a few, quite a few articles on this topic. Um, And it is basically what the Hollywood elites are doing behind the scenes, um, pairing with George Soros, pretty much almost mimicking whatever he does. Uh, we we uh, let's talk about first of all what they're doing since uh, the Supreme Court's reversal of Roe v. Wade. They came out in droves, crying and whining and all of this stuff on um, social media. Give us a little bit of an update of of all this. And and one of the things is this virtue sing- signaling that we always talk about that they're engaged in. Right. So when the Supreme Court reversed Roe v. Wade, um, Hollywood studios were among the first corporations to kind of condemn the decision, but also to promise to pay for their employees' abortions, to actually pay for them to cross state lines and and get an Mm -hmm. abortion. Um, So they were among the first companies, large companies, large media companies to do this. But when you scratch the surface and kind of go beyond the virtue signaling, you'll see that their, um, you know, their their commitment to the pro-abortion movement is very superficial at best. Mm. So, for example, um, as you know, in the South, there are a lot of states that provide tax credits to Hollywood. Georgia does it, Louisiana does it, mm-hmm. uh, North Carolina does it. And none of these studios have made any indication that they will boycott any of these states. And the reason is because they are addicted to the tax incentives. Essentially, what it is, it's free money for Mm -hmm. these corporations to come to these states to shoot TV shows, movies, what have you. So on the surface, they're making all this noise about how, you know, how pro-woman they are, about how, how, you know, how how progressive they are. But when it comes down to it, they don't care about women. They care about the bottom line. They care about getting free money on the backs of taxpayers. Mm. Now, you know, it's interesting because uh, we are in South Carolina and we have referred to Wilmington, North Carolina as Wilmywood uh, for quite some time because uh, they were giving a lot of tax credits. That has faded a lot and the uh, moving industry has moved down to Georgia uh, more so than in Wilmington. And uh, in fact, in your article, uh, Netflix's Stranger Things and AMC's Walking Dead films around Georgia. Disney has filmed many of its Marvel superhero movies in Georgia. So uh, it's very interesting to see how much money these liberal lefty Hollywood elites uh, and friends are pouring money into Stacey Abrams. Yes, exactly. So um Basically, what's happening in Georgia is Stacey Abrams, the sequel. She is uh, running to unseat uh, the current governor, Brian Kemp, or if you believe her worldview, she is running for re-election because she never lost the last, uh, the last election. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, um, and the, the kind of impetus that's funding her campaign is a lot of big-ticket donors from out of state. Obviously, you have George Soros who is pouring millions of dollars into her effort. Uh, the latest uh, public documents show that he recently dumped $2 million on her campaign. Um, but you also have hugely wealthy studio heads and celebrities who are also pouring money into her effort. And they did this last time. They did this last time she ran against Ken, and they're doing it again. 
um, and they're doubling down. You have stars like Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hanks, his wife Rita Wilson, Barbara Streisand, Steven Spielberg, you know, all these huge recognizable names. Uh, dropping sometimes tens of thousands tens of thousands of dollars onto her campaign, and I expect as we get closer to election day, you're going to see Hollywood get even more involved in Georgia because the last time around you had people like Oprah Winfrey actually pounding the pavement, going door to door, helping Stacey Abrams, and you had all these Hollywood influencers, you know, bombarding their social media followers about Stacey Abrams and how important it is to get her elected. Um, and it's important to remember all these Hollywood celebrities, all these Hollywood elites don't live in Georgia. You know, they have no connection to Georgia. And yet they are pouring money into this election, you know, in the hopes of influencing it, in the hopes of, you know, changing Georgia irrevocably. Mm-hmm. So it'll be really interesting to watch how Republicans respond to this because Stacey Abrams is playing for keeps this time around and she is, she is taking no prisoners. I wanted to ask you about another article you wrote, David, and we're speaking with David Ng of Breitbart News. I wanted to ask you about the one about the Netflix insurrection, as as you headlined it. Employee morale is cratering as workers accuse executives of brushing off their concerns. What are some of the concerns that the employees of Netflix is bringing up? We had talked with uh, Jerome Hudson about the bloodbath at Netflix and all the cancellation of all these shows because they've just gone so woke that they've gone broke on this whole thing. Um, but what is the employees' major concerns? Right. So the employees at Netflix are very, um, how shall I put it, very pampered. Um, <laughs> as you can imagine, they all basically live in California, either in Los Angeles or in Silicon Valley. And they're all very progressive, but they're even more progressive than, say, the standard Hollywood studio employee is. They are as far less as you can possibly go. Hmm. So their concerns are, are mostly artistic and creative in nature. They were very upset about Dave Chappelle. Mm. Okay. They're very, they're very upset about a, um, a transgender movie that Netflix acquired uh, out of Europe that they felt didn't active or, you know, respective respectfully um, portray the transgender experience, even though this movie was very, very, you know, sympathetic to transgender people. Um, They're very upset about, you know, anything that kind of deviates from the progressive agenda. Um, And mostly they're upset that um, Netflix hasn't um, cut ties with Dave Chappelle. Mm. Um, The Netflix executives have stood behind him and they're very mad about that. Well, it seems to me, you know, when you, you know, when a, when a plane plane is about to, uh, you know, make a hard landing at an airport, they tend to dump all the jet fuel over the ocean before they land. It seems like that's what Netflix was doing when uh, they felt like the weight of the uh, post-COVID subscriptions starting to, um, you know, the, the cancellations because people were now going out to work and they weren't binging anymore on Netflix shows. Um, and so they, they were getting this offloading of a lot of subscribers and they had to dump all the shows, I guess, that all these liberals were sitting home watching. And now they're not. Um, And so, I mean, I think it's the right sizing of Netflix that's been going on. You know, it was inflated during COVID pandemic and lockdowns in certain states, which are more liberal states. So those are the people that were locked down more than, let's say, here in South Carolina. So, uh, you know, is Netflix really just playing to their audience or do they have some kind of like uh, epiphany about, oh, wait, 
we went way too woke. So now uh, we need to move more this way and and try and keep a balance. So we got to keep Dave Chappelle in there, you know, and just to keep the balance. Is that what it's about? Or did all those those binge those liberal binge watchers go back to um, the office? I think it's even more cynical than that. I think Netflix executives saw their stock drop by 70% over the past 12 months. And uh, they see a, you know, a number of possible shareholder lawsuits on the horizon. Ah. And I think that, and there's already one in the works that we know of. Um, there are probably many more in the works because, you know, you know, you can't just let your stocks plummet by 70% and not have your shareholders upset about that. So the that. content wasn't so, keeping the subscribers and they need to have a, a fiduciary um, you know, um, obligation to the investors. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. I think it's it's the most cynical reason you can think of. I think in their heart of hearts, Netflix executives are very wedded to the progressive movement. You have to remember that they still have a deal with the Obamas to create shows, scripted shows, documentaries. Mm. Um, Netflix executives still continue to be among Hollywood's biggest donors to um, far left politicians like George Gascon in Los Angeles, um, Gavin Newsom, the governor of, of California. They're huge donors to these people. So they haven't had, an, I don't think they've had an epiphany. I think they're worried about shareholder lawsuits and they're worried about their stock, which is, you know, in the toilet right now. And it's really bad for them. You know, one of the things that caught my eye, I guess it was a few weeks ago when Natalie Portman uh, was tweeting about you know, Disney's new movie and some Marvel movie. And she was like, oh, this is the gayest movie ever. And I'm thinking to myself, like, why are we trying to make everything gay? Like, I'm not I'm not opposed to movies with gay characters, like shows gay, you know, but it, it's like, why are we trying to portray as much gayness as possible in these movies? I, I, I'm not. I'm not grasping what they're trying to do, especially through Disney. Are they trying to reach more children? I, I don't. I say it's grooming. I, well, that's what a lot of people say, but I, I'm a little confused by it. Any, any, um, you know, any uh, logic behind that that you can share? Yeah, it's it's very bizarre when you think about it because, um, you know, she's doing publicity for four four. And you would think that in, in, in her effort to sell as many tickets as possible, she would try to appeal to as large a base as possible. But the opposite seems to be happening. They seem to be, you know, trying to appeal to the smallest niche possible, the smallest, um, you know, you know, subset of the progressive movement. Um, and part of it, you know, being from, you know, I used to work in this in that field. I used to work in the entertainment journalism field, and I still do. But I did it for the mainstream media at the Los Angeles Times. And part of that is celebrities really need to kiss the butts of entertainment journalists and the entertainment media. That's part of how they promote themselves, how they promote their careers. And in order to do that, they kind of have to appeal to their political face, which is, you know, pro LGBTQ, pro transgender, pro all these movements that are very niche and, and not very, um, um, you know, populist in, 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 in nature. So I think part of it, that's what you're seeing. But I also think that it's, it's a Disney thing. You know, you're seeing Disney becoming more and more extreme in a very short amount of time. And I think, you know, as she being essentially a Disney employee by starring in this Marvel movie, she's towing the party line. And mm. I think that's, that's a lot of what you're seeing. Yeah. 
David, um, one other article I wanted to, to point to that you were, um, and maybe you can, you know, you mentioned Dave Chappelle a few moments ago. Um, tell us about this, this, this um, Dave Chappelle blasting woke teens over trans jokes. And, he, you know, more importantly, he says something that is really interesting. Uh, maybe you can talk more about that. Yeah, sure. So Dave Chappelle came under fire from, of all places, his alma mater high school, which is um, this kind of very um, elite arts school in Washington, D.C. Um, the reason he came under fire was because there was they were going to name a theater space after him. And the woke teenagers who attend that school uh, rose up in protest. Uh, they said, you know, that you can't do that. He's transphobic. He's anti-gay. None of that is true, of course. Um, but that didn't stop them from, you know, walking out of classes in protest. And so she went down there recently uh, to address these woke teens. And she basically, you know, laid it out saying, the more you try to silence me, the more I'm going to speak out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's, I think, a commendable position from any, for anyone, you know, whatever your political perspective is. You know, First Amendment absolutism is something that everyone should believe in uh, as, as Americans. Um, and he also laid out another point, which I thought was interesting. And he said that, you know, you woke teenagers, you're basically a pawn in the culture wars. You are being used by the left because they know that you're easily manipulable and that you're emotional and that you'll do, uh, you know, basically what we tell you. Uh, and you need to realize that because, you know, you're being taken advantage of. So he really laid it out on them and he, you know, and, and people should check it out. Netflix actually filmed his speech and they put it on their on their service so you can watch it um, if you're a subscriber. All right. David Ng from Breitbart News. You can follow him on Breitbart.com. Where else can people find you, David? I think you can find me on social media, Twitter. Um, hey, it's David Ng. Um, and I'm, I'm, always, I'm always tweeting. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you next time. 